0: Well, we love when Rabbi Kenny Brander joins us here in studio. He's, of course, Vice President for University and Community Life at Yeshiva University. We especially love it when Rabbi Brander brings along with him some amazing student leaders. There is hope. There is a future for our community. And Yeshiva University and its student leadership is always an indication of that. Rabbi Kenny Brander, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always a pleasure to be here. Rabbi Brander is back from a solidarity mission to Paris. He... And the two students, and we'll introduce uh, both students to you in a moment. One's in studio, one's on our telephone. Um, I guess we're asked to participate to go to Paris and show solidarity with the Parisian Jewish community. We know how difficult things are at that, uh, at this point in Paris. So tell us about the trip.
1: Well, the Jewish Federations of North America uh, put together a solidarity mission to Paris. Um, there were around 50 lay and professional Jewish communal leaders from around North America who went on this trip. Uh, it was 36 hours basically on the ground, and we engaged with, uh, most importantly, members of the Jewish community there. Uh, we visited schools, shuls, uh, had really productive conversations, as well as with members of the government, uh, the Israeli ambassador, the uh, U.S. ambassador, um, and I think what was accomplished, um, on a larger narrative was that the Parisian Jewish community continues to see that Imo
0: Nochi that we beat with one heart. And that we have uh, compassion, care, concern. We're reaching out. And we're very concerned about what the future is for French but, jury. You know, it's in many ways, it's a tale of two cities. Right. Um, That's but, why it's interesting when you say you meet with members of government and with members of the Jewish community and leadership in the Jewish community. I can only imagine the conflict that so many of those people have at this point. I mean, you know, on, on one side of the coin, so
1: to say, and the way they portray it, uh, they've had a rich... Uh, communal life um since the time of rashi right. uh, a thousand years um there's 500,000 jews or a little bit, perhaps a little bit more than that in france that's the largest jewish community after israel and after america um they have institutions that go back to the time of napoleon wow. um there are according to their numbers 300 kosher restaurants uh, in Paris, and I thought Teaneck had a lot of restaurants. <laughs> and, uh, at the same time, and they have 30,000 young people in Yeshiva day schools, but at the same time when you visit, like we visit the Hirsch, uh, day school there, um, which is like 125 years old, um, there are six fully armed, uh, members of the French army, uh, locked and loaded and, uh, in, you know, in full gear. So when a student goes to school there or goes to shul there or goes anywhere else, so you, you might have 300 kosher restaurants, but uh, we were able to walk outside with kipot. Uh, that's because we had our own security team. Right. But you can't walk out with kipot there. And it's really uh, anxiety, but there's a certain pride still about the Jewish community there, and, and they're really in a, in a challenging situation.
0: Rabbi Brander is here. We'll introduce the students in a minute. So then you get the the privilege uh the task of choosing which students head to Paris with you.
1: Well when Jerry Silverman, who's the uh who runs the Jewish Federations of North America, who's the visionary behind the Jewish Federation of North America, asked me if I could come. Um, I said, well could I bring two student leaders? Ah. And Jerry, who is totally understands the responsibility of training the next generation, said definitely yes. So uh I had no I realized that for me to pick the two student leaders would be a tremendous mistake. So I gave it to somebody who, you know, who works me. But no, what we did was um, we, we asked which student leaders wanted to come, and uh, the response was, thank God, as it should be, 100% of them wanted to come. Right. Uh, so we did a lottery uh, for one young man and one young woman to join. Um, and I was blessed to have two wonderful people who uh, did a great job uh, learning and actually sharing uh, with people on the mission who could be their parents, and most of them could even be their grandparents.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, with that in mind, we introduce our two special guests. Natan Zagedi, Zigh- I hope that's pronounced properly, is, the, uh, is here in studio with us, and he is the president of what we would call the Yeshiva Student Union up at Yeshiva University. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. And we have uh, Amanda Ezra- Ezraelian uh amanda israelian is a student leader at stern college and she's with us live via telephone this morning amanda welcome to the show
2: thank you so much for having me
0: a pleasure all right this (laughs) might this might be a uh you know it sound like a crazy question or one where everybody knows the answer but tell me why did you want to go on this trip well obviously you don't you don't always get to go to Paris
3: with the right brand or
0: just like that <laughs>
3: um, but then we saw what the programming was all about. We saw that we get to visit sites like this kosher supermarket where the shooting happened. We get to meet with the ambassadors both from Israel and from the United States. We get to meet with heads of the j c c there and other community leaders and then I thought that this would not this I'm never going to have an opportunity like that to meet and understand
0: the situation in the community all right. Now, I, now I, you're from Europe originally, right? I am. I am. You're from Hungary. Yes. So you may have had a much different perspective than if a than if a, uh, a an American kid, and we'll speak to Amanda in a moment. But if an American kid went over and observed the situation, am I right or wrong? Um, that's that's possibly true. I did I did
3: attend a day school much like the one we visited in Paris. Right. So I think that gave me a different perspective.
0: Right. And, and was there a tremendous amount of tension? In places like the day school and the area of the supermarket, like how would you describe the? You know, it, was it like being I don't know in Washington Heights, or was it like uh, you know, a very tense situation? It, it is very tense. It's because
3: we saw places that we we saw in the news just a few weeks ago, and right. then as Rabbi Brander said, it's very. Um, it's a. It seems like a dichotomy that that you have a school full of 1,200 students and a lively Jewish community, and at the same time you have armed. Not even police officers, but real soldiers, arming and blocking the streets, and it
0: just—it just very surreal. Right, Amanda, you—you—you you come from an American background, right?
2: I mean, my parents are from Iran, but oh, yes, is that, oh, I, is that I've funny?
0: I'm, I'm being—I'm being so dramatic about you being a regular American kid, and I find <laughs> that that your roots are in Iran, but you were born here in the United States.
2: I was, I was.
0: So yeah. how would you describe as an American kid, quote unquote, how would you describe being there and what you felt as you were in Paris visiting these different sites?
2: It was definitely extremely eye opening. I mean throughout the entire experience I it was it was crazy to to me to see how simple it is for me to be a Jew living in America right. and thank God I I haven't faced anti Semitism in the slightest. Um and I even I went to a public school in New York, and I, I, I've never experienced something like that. Going here, I've been seeing everything that, that the Jews there have to face on a day-to-day basis was extremely eye-opening, and it definitely made me appreciate my identity and where I come from and my roots yeah. a heck of a lot more.
0: Uh, do people of all ages in Paris or by Brander um, uh, talk about the anti-Semitism and talk about open anti-Semitism as opposed to what we, thank God, have over here?
1: Yeah, in conversations that we had both with uh, students uh as well as with leaders, uh Jewish leaders, they all speak about the anxiety right now and also you see uh, the fact that they expect 10,000 Jews to to make Aliyah. We actually were at an Aliyah fair uh which was um a, a large a, a large auditorium packed with young people who just realized that their future uh is not Unfortunately, going to be in France, and while you know we all endorse the importance of making Aliyah, you know, the, as the quoting the Israeli ambassador, there is Aliyah based on Bechira, uh, free choice, and Aliyah based on uh, B'richa is the word he used right. uh, just to run away, right. uh, Boreach, um, and he would like the Aliyah to just be by Bechira, even though I think most of the ten thousand Jews are not making Aliyah for that reason. You know, in the in the 1700s there was a a famous Yiddish saying in, in in France, which I'm not going to say in Yiddish, a Jew is as happy as God in France, because uh, in 1791, Jews were able to become citizens, and they were able to have unbelievable religious freedom, and while Jew- Jews in France are, pro- are proud French citizens... Um, As, as the person representing the federation there said to me, we, we don't use that saying anymore, that Jews, a Jew's as happy as God in France. And I think that that, you know, is a challenge. And while, again, we endorse Aliyah, uh, the fact that the unrest that is happening in France, it's not state, it's not state-sponsored anti-Semitism. It's actually anti-Semitism that's coming from the civil society. Um, it's just, it just shows you the challenge in all of Europe, um, and it just reminds us the difference between the 1930s and now is two things. One is g- God's gift of Medina Israel, right. and secondly, our responsibility to really mean never again and never be silent. Right,
0: which we could probably only do because of the existence of right. the State of Israel. Um, you talk about the uh, how this is a symbol of what's going on or what could go on potentially everywhere in Europe, uh, and you alluded to this at the beginning of the conversation, nonetheless, there's something really unique about the French situation. You you are not going to find, and correct me if I'm wrong, you are not going to find anywhere else on this globe where there is this entrenched, um, glorious history of a Jewish community, while at the same time, you know, this desire, especially among the next generation, to get out as soon as possible. There's no comparison to any other country on on the globe.
1: I think that that's correct. I think this is really really the the location in which the whole European balance is really playing itself out. In 2014, in France, there was a 104% increase in hate crimes. Now, the Jewish community represents 1% of the population, but 51% of the hate crimes were directed against the Jewish people. Um, and that is really something that's happening throughout Europe. Uh, maybe not the same statistics, but really the same framework. And what will happen in France, I think, will happen throughout the rest of Europe. And therefore, it really is a tale of two cities. And uh, the challenge will be twofold. One is, how does the leadership co- uh, continue the next generation when those most informed and have the most affluence, are deciding to leave. And the 50% of the Jewish community that is really not affiliated in France, um, they're being reminded that they're Jews not because of an outreach program, but because of an anti-Semitic uh, program. And that might um, enable, empower, force uh, them to realize that they need to be more connected to the Jewish community. So you're seeing really multiple forces uh, working, sometimes in opposite winds from each other, and sometimes winds that are are coming together.
0: Natan, a day and a half mission is not a long time. You weren't even on the ground for Shabbos to really sit and schmooze with some of the people there. But did you have any encounters of note? Did you have any conversations with people your age or others that really described, you know, on a personal basis what it's like there in Paris? So the program did allow us to meet
3: a lot of people who were, who were critical for the Purpose of this, for the purpose of this program, we met. Um, I sat actually next to at one of the dinners. I sat next to one of the hostages, who someone who was held hostage at the kosher supermarket, wow. and thank God made it out alive. And her story was um, was very shocking. She told us everything that she experienced. So we did get. We also got to meet some students. Who are students at, at universities all over France, and they told us how they, feel, how they are experiencing rising anti-Semitism, but I think the most shocking was definitely meeting a hostage.
0: And did they talk about Israel, or are, are, are young people still, you know, hoping that they can make a commitment to staying in France? What's their, did they even speak about the future, or is it more about the past and present?
3: Right, so I think we would always ask them, where do you see yourself in 5-10 right. years? And most of the response we got from young people especially is that, that either in France, and if not in, I, mean, I mean, either in Israel, and if not in Israel, then perhaps in Canada, right. or in the United States. Not many of them said that they are definitely here to stay.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Are there French students at Yeshiva University? There are French students at Yeshiva University. It's always
3: been like
1: that or just recently? No, it's, all, it's always been like that. I'm not sure in our time if
0: they yeah, were. I'm trying yeah. to think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you you, know. And Europe in general or, or, or basically? No, European I, I, students I, th- at YU are, yeah, are coming are, from what countries?
1: There are European students uh, coming from YU. We have several from the United Kingdom. Actually, this year was the first year that we actually placed three rabbanim uh, in Euro, in in England. Really? Uh, yeah, in three different schools. I'm actually
0: American kids.
1: Um, one is an American. Two are uh, U- uh, UK kids who went through the YU system and uh, and got their smicha from YU. Got smicha from YU and are coming back. And went back to. Um, you know, to take pulpits there. I'm actually pleased God going in June to spend some time with one of them as a scholar in residence. Wow. Um it's uh there's definitely uh, students from the FSU, um, there are definitely students from Hungary, there are sure. definitely students from France. Um and there's actually uh, a request, larger request, and we have to make sure that we have the capacity to make sure that uh, we don't just take them, that but they can succeed and grow here, which we are tr- which we are doing. Um, so yes, there are students from. F- we have a whole special program that helps them with their visas, that helps them acculturate, that gives them all the uh, infrastructure that they need. But There's we just,
0: a foreign ministry up at BYU. I didn't there is realize there, Actually, that. here, yes, realize. that's great. It's,
1: out- it's under Dr. Chaim Nissel, the dean of students. Fantastic. Uh, yes, there is a foreign ministry, <laughs> and actually, the chief rabbi of, of France is actually coming to YU, if not next week, the week after. I don't remember which day. Another opportunity for
0: solidarity. and I'm sure the students will come out and uh, express that solidarity. Uh, Amanda, uh, is there any specific episode or maybe an encounter with somebody young or old while you were on this day-and-a-half mission uh, to Paris that was of note to you that you'd like to tell us about?
2: Um, Yeah, actually, when we were visiting the, the school the second day of the trip, We got to hear from several students about, like, their experiences being in the Jewish day school. Um, And then after we heard from them, I approached one of the students myself, who was a young man who went to public school and then switched over to the Jewish day school that we had visited, um, and he had to repeat 10th grade again. Um, And I got to hear a lot from him about the shift in... In terms of why he switched, and whether or not he felt like he was comfortable and happy and safe with where he was at that point, point. Um, and he mentioned that that as of now he he does feel safe where he is, um, but he did make a shift in schools because he didn't necessarily feel like like there was a place for him anymore in the school in the public school he was at. Right. Um, and ideally, he would like to make Aliyah. Um, partially because he feels like in the next couple of years living in France won't necessarily be a safe place for him, but also because he does feel like he has that strong, strong Jewish identity that he, he wants to connect back to living in Israel.
0: By the way, we should note that uh, Amanda, who mentioned earlier that she's a public school student, has gone to the highest ...of the hierarchy of Stern College leadership, of right? Of course, TAC, which it's is the highest of the high. Which is right. pretty which is pretty amazing. Right? I mean, it's pretty amazing for anybody, but certainly right. we want to acknowledge that. And, hey, only at YU, of course. Any mention there about... I mean, obviously the undertone we know, but any direct mention about the uh, Muslim population in Paris and, and the way that is going? I mean, I, I assume that they... You know, when people talk about the anti-Semitism the desire to get out, that that's one of the reasons they cite, no? Yes, but um, I think... In our
1: conversations with many of the officials and the Jewish community leaders, they stressed that sometimes you know, the silent majority are those who are not uh, Muslim fundamentalists, right. but you have to keep in mind that uh, the Muslim community represents 20% of the French community, um, and that the vocal minority is really not only having hate crimes against jews but they're also actually creating hate crimes against those who are not endorsing their way um and so you have several muslims who have not too many but a handful that have spoken out against hate crimes against jews who now have their own police protection uh because of their own um and 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 again, I think that France is struggling with the fact that they want people to feel an affinity to the to the Republic, and therefore, in some ways, they have uh, put laws against certain types of speech. Right. But at the same time, uh, f- as I mentioned to one of the ministers, France is really the cradle of individualism. If this is not the time to discuss it, but the philosophy of right. France has always been deconstruction of meta narratives of of the notion of Community And now, because that was really the incubator of postmodernism, they're struggling with the results of that where people don't feel an affinity to the larger notion of community and what that can mean. And the far left and the far right are are dealing with that notion that people don't feel a connection to community. So you have the crazy saying, join the Muslim Brotherhood, and therefore you'll feel community. And then you have those saying, well, if you want to believe in community, we should have nothing to do with anybody who doesn't have an identity that's just France. So whether they're Jews or Muslims, we should have nothing to do with them. So it's, again, these multiple wins going on.
0: What a complicated situation, to say the least. Um, By the way, technical issues, I'm just curious. Does life around the kosher supermarket continue? Is it a store so, that operates again? Like what happens there now in that neighborhood?
1: So the supermarket itself has been totally shattered. Right. We actually, you know, contrary to President Obama's comments that it was a bunch of folks uh, in a deli in Paris, it wasn't just a bunch of folks in a deli in Paris. It was a bunch of Jews
0: in Tra- a kosher deli in a
1: kosher deli, a kosher deli um, shopping for shabbos. Uh, so he needs to be corrected or informed
0: um, well, and those who are commenting on his comment need to be corrected right. as well. Right. That may be the bigger problem right. but anyway yeah so
1: so that is totally shot and and actually, I had the privilege of leading a service there where we spoke uh, shared words of Torah together with the group uh, about our responsibility um, and that 's shattered and it 's just a big memorial with Israeli flags um, that out have been put open. out out in the open. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of bouquets of flowers and right next to it actually is a kosher bakery <laughs> that's totally functional which we actually uh uh personally uh, tasted uh, to make sure that it was 100% uh, tasty uh you know with hey, proper French supervision fresh pastry uh <laughs> who's giving uh, up a
0: chance on that right
1: and um but that but that, that supermarket is not functional anymore. But the other supermarkets of that kosher supermarket chain are right. functional. And one of the things that they're very concerned about is that all these retail establishments, they don't have security around them, right. but they're also targets. And so the federation community there needs to deal with the fact that you have all these retail establishments that are targets, and how do you protect how do you protect them and allow people to still frequent them in a, in a safe fashion?
0: Is there still a big memorial near the uh, magazine headquarters? Yes, there still is. also there?
1: And I want to just point out something there also, sure. that while the terrorists there said they would not kill any women, right. the only woman that they did kill was a Jew. So, And, and that, too, was not a random act. Um, and there is a recognition of that fact, um, and that bears itself out in the memorials that various citizens have, you know, handcrafted themselves.
0: Unbelievable. Uh, Rabbi Brander and the uh, two uh, amazing student leaders from Yeshua University, they were there at the beginning of the week, Sunday through Tuesday, in Paris to show solidarity as uh, we try to uh, uh, show our brethren. Uh, uh, in the city of Paris and in the country of France that we care, we have compassion, and we're very concerned about their future. Uh, Amanda Israelian is the uh, a student leader from Stern College who was there and joining us this morning. Amanda, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so
2: much for having
0: me. And kolakavod to you. And best regards to everybody at Stern College.
2: Thank
0: you. Natan Zighetti is originally from Hungary, is a student leader now at Yeshiva University and was in Paris earlier in the week. How did you find out about YU when you were in Hungary? Um, well, I actually started my uh, in high school. Uh, Where in high school? Connecticut, New
3: Haven, Connecticut. Oh, you were in New Haven. Right. And then and then uh, spent a year in Israel. And then
0: since my brother was already in YU, ah. I knew about it. So there's been a Hungarian connection for a while up there, huh? Exactly, exactly. And the Hungarian Jewish community, what can you tell us about it?
3: Um, it is in some ways similar to the French one. It is much smaller, much less established, and no uh, 300 restaurants. Nope. Three, actually, there are three. There are three, right? Um, so I'm stuck
0: in Hungary. I'll be all right. But yes,
3: <laughs> <laughs> but rising anti-Semitism is definitely a problem, just as much as it is in France. Um, and I think um, they could also use a solid, solidarity trip, because um, because all over Europe we see signs of um, anti-Semitism. Is there Aliyah from Hungary to Israel? Not to the extent, at least to my knowledge, not to the extent as it is as there is from France, since there ha- haven't been such open attacks against the jewish community right but but i think young people in the jewish community are thinking of uh, people who are committed to 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 remain jewish in some ways are are uh, thinking of spending their life somewhere else is this your final year at yu yes do you know what your plans are yet um i'm thinking i'm applying to hebrew university
0: very nice i'm um, thinking of going to law school very um, nice we'll wow we works. wish you the best of luck thank you uh have you had a chance to stop by this farm sale yet of course, of course. You've been there? I have been there. Because, you know, Thursday night's a big night at this farm so you know that. I'm, I'm aware. So I you w- may want to pencil it in for this I, evening. I worked there, too, <laughs> You also ago. work at this farms? Not just two years ago. How do your student leaders find time for everything, Rami Brander? It seems whenever you find a student leader, they're involved in at least 10, 12 projects up on campus. Yeah,
1: including your son.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's <laughs> doing all son. right up there, huh? <laughs> He's doing great.
1: But uh, I think it's... Again, it's a very unique place. I mean, we just finished the Model UN where we had uh, 500 uh, young people from high schools around North America as well as uh, South South Africa and uh, South America. Um, And I think the most important part of that was not only they had a wonderful time, but the 60 YU students ran it. Um, we're about to start Sarachek and this farm, uh, Wittenberg. This yeah, who this do I complain cell?
0: to if I need a specific school to be invited to Sarachek? Who, where, do uh, I, where do I find Brand, <laughs> <laughs> that? Brander at YU.edu. Thank you, Rabbi. Brander
1: at YU.edu. We'll see what we can do about it. Um, you get an extra bonus thing, but Brander at YU.edu. We'll see what we can do. There's always that, you know, the vice president uh, prerogative. Or be, the president prerogative. The at, at-large spot. The <laughs> at-large spot. Um, anyways, but... Try to have those conversations off the air with me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. So, uh, so it, it's just unbelievable to see that. And at the same time, like even Amanda, who's not only not here because she student, teaches, uh, today, and she didn't want to be late for class, um, you know, is starting next year, uh, teach for America for two years. Um, and please God after that will work for the Jewish people as a teacher, I hope. Um, and I think that there's just a unique destiny of those that make YU their home. Uh, whatever pre- business they go into, whatever profession they go into, they are leaders. Um, and that's the message that we're trying to communicate with them. It wasn't about me going to Paris. It was about bringing two wonderful young people. And I have to tell you, from all of the people who were on this Jewish Federations of North America mission, they were inspired by our two students, and they're rethinking the paradigm of bringing students on all of their missions, Yeah, which Dayenu, that's is the way sufficient to, do it. to uh, we gotta teach the next generation.
0: Yeah. Nothing against our generation or older, but uh, we know where the future is, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, Brander, I thank you. Thank, thank you for bringing these unique students to us, and thank you for uh, what you've done this week in terms of showing solidarity with Jews of Paris. Thursday morning broadcast, this is JM in the AM.